Well, welcome, 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 everybody, to the That's God podcast. My name is Dave Burr, and again, I get to be your host, and uh, we are here again with Pastor Terry Bonner from the Pursuit Church in uh, Snohomish. Terry, thanks again for, for joining us. Terry has written a book on prayer called Declare, and uh, so I want to spend some time just talking about declarations and decrees. And this is kind of a new concept, I think, for for many people, maybe not so for others, depending on what their background is and, and things like that. Your book is called Declare. I wanted to just have you talk a little bit about what that means to you. So from, from my perspective, uh, a declaration or when you declare, the word that comes into my mind, when I get off an airplane and go into a foreign country, I have to declare what I'm bringing into the country. So it's like I have to tell the truth about what possessions I'm bringing in or else I'm going to face the consequences. A declaration to me is you're speaking the truth about something. Does that sound about right? Is that how you would Yeah, I would say not so much speaking the truth because I think a lot of people are confused about what a declaration is Mm -hmm. and uh, they might declare, like you were saying, over someone's business, I declare that you receive a million dollars. Well, I mean, that's declaring someone's opinion. Right. That might even be (laughs) truth in their mind, but mine is really declaring the truth, capital T, the word of God, because the Bible says that God's word goes out and does not return void or empty, but it it accomplishes what God sent it out to do. And so there's a lot of things that God says about me as a person. And by the way, uh, the Bible says that God God's thoughts about me are so numerous, they're more than the sands of the sea. Yeah. Okay, now if you ever went to a beach and held up just a handful Incredible. of sand, right. who knows, maybe a million granular seeds. But you can't even count those. Yeah, you can't even count that. But we go through these, what they call the dark night of the soul, where you feel like you can't hear God and everything's going wrong. And it, it's so desperate that we, if we just had one sand seed of God's thoughts. <laughs> right. But the Bible says he has, he's got more than on the whole beach. And he thinks these good thoughts towards us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has yeah. a purpose and a plan for us. And it's good. The Bible says I'm the head and not the tail. The Bible says I can have peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm victorious. Yeah. So these are God's declarations over me and about me. And so hmm. what we can do is when we're going through these moments where the enemy is lying to us, and it happens a lot where the, the you know, because the devil, the word devil actually means to go through, and his only strategy is to get into your mind. He can't kill you, but he can screw up your life right. by what you're thinking in your mind. That's why mm-hmm. the Bible says to, re- to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm. to quit listening to the lies of the enemy, yeah. but instead declare what God says about me. That's why I'm a big believer in journaling, because I was telling a girl the other day who was dealing with suicide and depression. I said, you know, when you have these thoughts that you're worthless and no one loves you, when that's circulating in your mind, it seems reasonable Mm. because our mind is the devil's playground at times. So yes, it seems reasonable. But when you write that in your journal, I'm worthless, Mm. I'm useless, you realize how silly that looks. And then you begin to write what God says about you. No, God says he loves me. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son for me, for everyone. And so the, the whole reason I wrote a book was because I was getting into prayer and I wanted to read books on prayer. So I read maybe 30 at that point, mm-hmm. and they were all the same. They were 25 to 30 chapters of <laughs> philosophy and theology of why I should pray, but never taught me how to pray. 
Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to write a book. I already have prayer guides that I wrote. And the best part of my book is not even the stories. It's at the end, the final third of my book, where it's just prayer guides yeah. for you to go through and pray. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of declaring. So when the enemy says to me, you're worthless, I say, no. The Bible says yeah. that I can do all things through Christ. That's the truth. And God's truth always overrides mm-hmm. the lies of the enemy. So uh, when we declare, we're declaring things that are in God's word. We're declaring scripture. Yes. Right? Like you say, we're not we're not declaring our our wishes and our opinions and things like that, but we're claiming God's God's word and declaring that over whatever situation we're facing. Well, and that's the beauty of prayer guides because our mind gets so chaotic. And if you were trying to pray just on your own, like maybe you're having a great day, then mm-hmm. it, it works out. God, yeah. thank you for this day. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> yeah. I will rejoice in this day and be I'm glad. I'm at the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, top of the mountain. But when things are going bad and you're under a, a, an emotional and mental assault by the enemy, it's almost impossible to go into the prayer room and just pray coherent thoughts because you're like, God, help me in this situation. And then automatically your mind starts thinking, oh, no, this situation's bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way out. You have one shot. Yeah. And, and that's why I always say the best spiritual warfare is declaring and praying the scriptures themselves. Yeah. Because they keep us on track and focused and on task and keep us to the truth of what God is saying. Yeah. And really, when you declare the scriptures, because they're timeless, like I've read many books, they're, they're, they're like thicker than the Bible. But when you read the Bible, it takes a year sometimes because there's so much depth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And and I love that because it makes me slow down and just meditate on one scripture. Yep. That's why I'm not always a big fan of doing uh, a Bible reading plan. Sometimes I'm just like, instead of reading 10 scriptures, read one. Yeah. Write it out, meditate on it, and then pray it and apply it to your life. Yeah. So I'm actually doing that right now. But I remember when I got to the book of John, John... Uh, the Gospel of John, it's, always, it's a book like, hey, when you're a new Christian, that's a great book to start reading. So in my mind, it's like, and I'm not really going to spend a whole lot of time there because that's for new Christians and I want to get some meat and, you know, other stuff. But I started reading John. It took me what seemed like forever to get through that book. I'm just amazed by what I'm reading because I, you read a, a, you know, a verse here, a verse there. But when you put it all together and you read John from from chapter one to whatever uh, the last chapter is, it is an amazing book. There is so much stuff in there. Wow. Well, and the Bible says that it's our life source. It's our food. Mm -hmm. It's what we eat. People think of prayer as in scripture as, okay, well, that's the first step in becoming a Christian. And then after that, no, it's an everyday practice. Yeah. It's not the first step. It is the first step, but it's the middle step and the last step as well. Yeah. It's all we have, really. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when I was going through things as a young pastor, because I was told lies in my Baptist Bible college, Yeah, they were like, oh, uh, board meetings are great and everyone loves you. And I'm like, and then you, you get into the real church world and you realize it's not always like that because right. church is ran by human beings. Yeah. And we're all flawed to flawed some degree. Beings, and we're, yes. we're all bringing to the table our trauma yeah. and what we went through. Right. And uh, I realized when I was going through things and I was young that the book of James became my favorite book because it talked about you're going through stuff. Good. (laughs) But it also had, you know, in chapter five about, you know, Elijah was a person just like us and he prayed a prayer and it did not rain. Now, what's amazing is there's three main words for prayer in the New Testament. Hmm. The first word, it's the general word to pray. 
and it has a hint of worship to it because our prayers are not, it, it's, they're not void of worship. Our prayers should have some sense of worshiping God. Mm-hmm. But the second word of prayer is deeper. And, and what it says in, a lot, in, in James, Elijah prayed a prayer. And, and it literally says he prayed earnestly. But it could be translated he prayed a prayer because it uses these two words for prayer. They're two different words. Elijah had this general prayer where he prayed a serious prayer because the second word that all the Greeks knew when Paul said this, because the Greeks would worship their false gods, but what they would do is they'd set up a table and they would it would be a ceremonial commemorative altar mm. and they would make vows and then they would verbalize their prayers to God. Now this word prosuche, which meant that when he said Elijah prayed prosuche, they knew what that meant, that he wasn't just praying this emotional prayer and it didn't rain. No, yeah. he was praying a prayer of sacrifice and vows, a serious prayer that meant something. Wow. And when you understand that, and then the third word for prayer, desis, means, and it's only used like 18 times, an urgent, like if God doesn't show up, like now yeah. with Crazy Revelation guy's yeah. story, if God We're doesn't doomed. show up now. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, and so... When you begin to study and learn the different types of prayer, that sometimes I need that urgent prayer that, God, if you don't show up right now, yeah. and other times you need this more serious, non-emotional, God, I'm making this sacrificial vow to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that changes your prayer life when you learn that. That's awesome. In your book, on page 20, <laughs> page 20. you state that uh, science has proven it is possible to rewire your thought process and even build new roads of thinking within your mind. This is what the Bible calls renewing your mind. This is accomplished by the threefold process of daily prayer, positive biblical declaration, and meditating on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about daily prayer. We've talked about positive biblical declaration. Talk about a little bit about meditating on the Word of God. How do you do that? And talk about a controversial word because um, meditating on the Word, uh, the Bible says that Isaac went out at eventide and meditated. He was meditating on God. Now, in the Jewish culture, eventide was when the sun set. Hmm. But in the Jewish culture, sunset wasn't the end of the day. It was the beginning of the next day. Hmm. So in a sense... To him, he was going out meditating on thinking about God to start his day. And it's scriptural because the Bible says, commit this day to God and he will establish it. And it's one of my morning prayers every morning. God, I commit this day to you mm-hmm. for you to establish. And so um, we don't like to use the word meditation because the New Age movement has hijacked it. Yeah, still in it. But when you, the word meditation actually means to chew on over and over. Yeah. Uh, really, it's kind of like studying, mm-hmm. but a more spiritual studying. So there's a word, a phrase called Latino Divina, which means spiritual reading. And it kind of incorporates this concept of, I'm not just reading the scripture and checking off a box that I've completed my daily reading task, but it's more, I'm reading this verse that says, don't be anxious, but pray in everything. And what I will literally do is when I'm meditating on a scripture like that, I will read through it, read through it a second time, underline key things, take a few notes in my Bible, and and I will study that thing, and then begin to just quietly close my eyes and think, how can I apply that to my life right now? Where am I anxious? And how can I get rid of that and really just apply biblical principles to change that? And then I will begin to pray it out. God, I declare that I am not anxious. 
Mm. I declare that your word says I have peace that surpasses all understanding. So some people go straight to the praying and they don't really understand what they're, Mm. because they haven't studied the original language. And back in the day when I was a young pastor, we didn't have Google. We didn't have apps. So you literally had to get out all your commentaries and, right. and study. Yeah. But we have it so much easier now. There's even a, a website called blueletterbible.com where you can mm. look up the original words in any scripture. And when you begin to look up the original words and see what they mean, just like we talked about, we just say that Elijah prayed earnestly. Well, it doesn't mean earnest. Yeah. It means prayer that is serious. Well, that changes the ball game right there. That's a right. game changer. Yeah. And so when you meditate on the word, and, and I'll even look up in commentaries online, what does it mean to be anxious? What does that word actually mean when Paul said that? That's how you meditate on it. What was that website? Blue? Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that Pastor Chuck had reminded us several times in our podcast was that you have to understand the culture and the context of what is written down in, in scripture. And so you can't do that just by our English words and because they're so, they fall so flat. We have one word that covers everything, whereas the Greek, they'll have five words that'll describe that same thing. And they're completely different meanings depending on how they're used. So Blue Letter Bible, that's awesome. Well, and you have to understand not just context of the word, but like you were saying, historical context, like Daniel, he was a captive in another country yeah. and he got promoted. And the Bible says that he prayed three times a day, kneeling, looking out a window facing Jerusalem. Why was he facing Jerusalem? Because he was a captive and Jerusalem was freedom. Yeah. And Jerusalem was where God was centered in their minds. Mm-hmm. And so many times, and when I meditated on that, what I got out was so many times we're praying, but we're not facing freedom. We're not focusing on the freedom. We're not mm-hmm. focusing on God. We're focusing on the issue and the problem. That's why we mm. rehearse it in our mind, even in prayer. Yeah. And the devil's just like, great, just keep rehearsing that problem. Yeah. See where that gets you. <laughs> it's exactly where I want you. Yeah. But when we focus on freedom, focus on God. And I love the idea of just getting on my face, you know, and just saying, God, here I am, hands raised. Yeah. Like I give everything to you. Mm-hmm. I take off my crown. It's not mine anyway. I give it to you. Mm-hmm. And I face freedom. And then even when you're meditating on God and meditating on the word and praying, you have to have times of solitude and silence where you can just say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you trying to teach me? I think one of the prayer guides you have in the back of your book, you take the Lord's Prayer and you say, read each line like 10 times. Don't read the whole thing, but just take the first line and just the Lord is my shepherd. And then say it again, the Lord is my shepherd. And then and just open your mind to new revelations of what's God telling you? What is God revealing to you when you do that? And to me, man, I thought that was really effective because it just, it completely slowed everything down, especially on something that you memorized a long time ago. You, you can just tend to kind of gloss over it. But when you take that line at a time, one word at a time, or one line at a time, it might only be four or five words. Um, but man, the, the meaning can be so deep by doing that. Well, what's interesting, the way God created our bodies, right? Um, one time when I was writing a sermon, I just realized that I had a habit of putting a song on Apple Music on repeat. I would play the same song over mm-hmm. and over and over, or I'd be traveling to Idaho and I'd play the same song over and over and I'd just get deep into thought and creativity. 
And I literally thought I created that idea. And then I was reading a book on leadership one day and it said top CEOs will literally put a music song on repeat because it opens up the creative part of the brain. Uh, now God created that. Yeah. And I do that even to this day when I'm writing something, I'll put one song on repeat. And because what it does, it keeps your mind from going off chaotically in all these different areas. Mm -hmm. And your mind just gets in this cyclical pattern and then it opens up creativity and you just begin to write. Yeah. Same thing with meditating on the word. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is, what does the word shepherd mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like ours today when we drive by and see some cows in a pasture and a shepherd. Right. No, it goes <laughs> way much deeper than that. What does it mean? So I would look up commentaries. Oh, that's what it means. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. Okay, wait, he's shepherding me. He's shepherding my life. I'm not shepherding my life, even though I try to get rid of him and shepherd my own life. Right. See, I have these type of thoughts, they go through, and then they become sermons, they become teachings. And it's not from me, it's from God. God's using the ability to be creative to get something out, but it would have never happened if we hadn't taken the time. And you know what? Here's a here's the thing. A lot of pastors today don't even write their own sermons. Hmm. There's a thing called sermoncentral.com. They pay a subscription, someone else writes the sermon, they just preach it. Yeah. But you're missing yeah. the whole ability for yeah. God to use you to go deeper. Well, you can probably have AI write it for you these days, right? I did that one time. I literally had AI. <laughs> I, I decided to check it out. I said, AI. I said, write a paragraph for a devotion on prayer. And it said, <laughs> what kind of prayer? I said, practical daily prayer. It literally wrote like a three paragraph point by point prayer devotion that I would have written. Like really? I was like, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, it is pretty scary. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's, let's take a minute and let's talk about decrees. Uh, we talked about at the beginning declarations and decrees. And uh, what comes to my mind about decrees, the word to mean to me means to decide something. And so in the Old Testament, there are several passages where a king is decreeing something. So um, it's a ruler making a official decision based on the legal authority that they have. What I have seen on social media and stuff like that is when people are thinking they're decreeing something, they're it's almost as if they're like thinking that they have the authority of God and they can just start decreeing <laughs> things like we've mentioned, their own opinions or their wishes or something like that. We don't have that authority. And in Ephesians 2.18 uh, says, Now all of us have come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. We, we all have access to God th through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. But we certainly have no authority or power to to cause prayer to be answered. That's that's a God thing. It's not our thing. Yeah. Well, there's a thing called free will. So yes, a person could do whatever they want. They can decree anything they want. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, in fact, I would challenge everyone listening. Uh, when is the last time you decreed all your own opinion and it all ever worked out? Right. <laughs> That's why we all got used Not cars well. that we didn't want to buy, but we ended up buying it. Yeah. We, we decreed a thing and went to the bank and decreed a thing and yeah. got out money and decreed a thing and said, here, here's money. I'm taking this car. Yeah. And we're like, why did I do that? Yeah. No, the book of Job 22, it says, uh, decree a thing and God will establish it. But it's just like Bible interpretation, right? You can't take one verse 
and then build a theology of it. It has to be right. the totality of how that verse interacts with the whole Bible. And you take Job 22, decree a thing and God will establish it with the New Testament of, no, Jesus said, I only do what my Father says and does. Mm-hmm. We learn that our decrees have to be from God. Right. Our decrees have to be biblical. God has no requirement, you know, put on him to do anything you say just because you say it. Right. Yeah. It's not a magic <laughs> wand. In fact, a lot of times you see that in Christianity today because it's people just building their own kingdom. And of course, it makes me look good if I decree over you, yes, God's going to bless you with a million dollars. Right. But, you know, I'm way past that in the sense of I've, I've already done you know, foolish things like trying to run my own life by decreeing my own thoughts and opinions or decreeing mm-hmm. what I want my life to be with. And I've come across something in discipleship called be happy with where you're at, be present where you're at, and always try to yeah. become better spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And don't be all frustrated about who you're not yet. Yeah. That Amen will come. That. Yeah. 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 But we're always trying to decree who I am. That's why I used to go from conference to conference, hoping some anointed person would put their hands on me and pray over me, mm. and that I'd finally be a discipled person with a renewed mind. Yeah. And I'd go home and nothing changed, because yeah. that's not the way it works. I'm searching for that gifted person who's going to bless me. Yeah. And there is no gifted and, person. Yeah. You know, we, because the Bible says I have to decrease so Christ can increase, but we're always putting people on a pedestal. But we have to learn to become super unimpressed with other people. It's not like we're just honoring them. It's not like we don't care about them, but we're so impressed with people and pastors and leaders that we forget that God has given us a purpose and a destiny. And yes, I've been a lead pastor many times. There can only be one lead pastor, but most people don't realize you're actually the lead pastor of your own destiny and purpose. And you have to take responsibility for that. Every one of us. Every one of us. Yeah. 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 We all have gifts. We all have spiritual gifts. Uh, Some people's are more out there, uh, certainly through social media and stuff like that. But yeah, that's their gift. That's not our gift. Our gift is going to be something else in a different direction. Maybe that same gift in a different direction, but don't think ill of small beginnings of whatever you're doing. Uh, It can turn into great things, you know, but you can't envy what other people have. You'll never, that's 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 a war you'll never win. Well, even if you attain it, there's always someone higher. Yeah. With more money. Yeah. Well, you know, success has nothing to do with money or houses or cars. It has mm-hmm. to do with, I think true biblical success is you finding the purpose that God put you on this planet for. Because the Bible says in the Old Testament that before you were born, God gave you a name. So we think our parents gave us our name. God mm. gave you a name and a reason for being on the planet. And then Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says it's a good purpose and it's a good plan. And you'll be prosperous if you follow God. And by prosperous, I don't mean money. So finding your purpose in life and doing it whatever that means, whatever that looks like, that's yeah. success. Yeah. And you want to be happy in life? Do that. I know plenty of people who have high paying jobs that are totally unhappy. Oh yeah. Marriage is torn apart. Yeah. Because they're not doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're miserable. They're miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I can relate to that. And I, I have a feeling there's quite a few people that uh, are looking at their jobs going, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Well, nothing that's is, not, right? Not where, well, it's not yeah. where you're going to find happiness. Well, I would just say this, you know, I I always like to challenge people, you know, in our classes on this fact that I always give them a prayer guide and I always say this and and, uh, it it sounds bad at first, but then you come around to the idea. I always tell them, if I give you this prayer guide and you don't use it, and then you come on my office complaining about your life, (laughs) I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And they're always shocked (laughs) by that, but I'm using that shock value to get their attention that 
this is our help. Yeah. We, you can meet with me every week and talk about your issue, but until you begin to pray, mm-hmm. and I had a person tell me one time, you always say, just pray. What else do we have? That's our tool. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's our, uh, that's our weapon against spiritual warfare. Yeah. There's no other weapon that can, that can defeat it. Yeah. Stand firm and yeah. pray. When all else is lost, stand firm. The Bible says. Yeah. Amen. All right. Pastor Terry, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the That's God podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it so very, very much. Hope you guys all have a great day, and God bless. Bye-bye.